Welcome to the Race to Rugby World Cup pod with Ron and Adam from the side of the road, somewhere on the planet. All right, our first Race to Rugby World Cup pod in a foreign country, but outside of uh, Africa, sorry. Outside of the continent of Africa. And yeah, we've just come out of our quarantine, our re regulatory quarantine. Uh, originally, we were supposed to just, um, yeah, check in and, and start our trip, but someone on our flight tested positive, which is, you know, part of the protocol. And then that means that uh, we had to do seven days. And uh, yeah, we got out at midnight, essentially technically last night. Technically <laughs> last night. And we've just had a little wander through Tokyo to uh, the Tokyo Stadium uh, where the Springboks lifted the Web Ellis uh, Cup a few years ago. Well, not exactly. This was the, this was the venue uh, for the opening sorry. game of the Rugby World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> With yeah, the opening, opening game. ceremony. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yokohama was where the yeah, Springboks... Sorry, Mark. Yeah, so. What a bad uh, rugby <laughs> fan. But yeah, we've got a special guest with us. Yeah. A rugby fan. Someone who's worked at the Rugby World Cup. Someone who lives in Japan and is a true rugby lover. Hiro Mata. Mata. Matsuyama. Matsuyama. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Race to Rugby World Cup pod. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Thanks a lot. No, this is really is a great thrill for us. As, I, as we talked about before we started, um, Adam and I are just, you know, we're two rugby fans uh, exploring the world of rugby on the backs of our bicycles, from the backs of our bicycles. So wherever we go, we try and engage with people involved in the game of rugby, whether it's the greats that have played the game or people that have worked at grassroots rugby clubs or people that coach the game, young children, or people that work in the sports or just have an interest in the sports. So yeah. you seem to tick a lot of those boxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were introduced through my good friend Kenzo. Um, and we had a good lunch the other day and a chat when, yeah. just before we had to go into quarantine. Yeah, so yeah. You, right before, yeah. Yeah, you've seen us before and after. Um, so can you just yeah, give us a little bit of context about where we are and the, obviously the history of this stadium and uh, your involvement in the World Cup? Yeah, so this stadium is uh, called Ajinamoto, but uh, during the World Cup, we call it Tokyo Stadium. Is the way the opening games and I was work, I was the venue manager of the Tokyo Stadium for opening game, and then this is where you two are uh, not Adam, not me, uh, James, yeah, yeah, James, yeah, the other Adam, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I arrived uh, Tokyo Stadium the day before, and then uh, just handed over the whistle to Nigel Owens. That was pretty yeah. memorable day for me as well. Yeah. yeah, Nigel's a, a big character in the game of rugby. So if you're a rugby fan and you see him, you, you always have those little bit of a shake. Like, you know, I get it when I see John Smith, even though he's your mate. <laughs> um, I reckon if I saw Nigel Owens, even though he's a chilled out farmer guy, I'd also get a bit excited. And yeah, it was kicking off a, a, a remarkable tournament in Japan, of which you were working at. Explain, explain to us like how, like what, what exactly was your role here? So my role was the commercial venue manager. So dealing with the six uh, worldwide partner and then also domestic sponsors. So Spirit of Dentsu. Yeah. And then also, as in my personal, I did made accreditation. So I remember uh, you, Iran. <laughs> I made accreditation for you okay. every day until midnight. Yeah, I'm quite work harder. <laughs> like yeah. you've got a short name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not that difficult. And then it also, try to set up the activation for each sponsor because each sponsor had each activation. So we try to plot the all activation. In say this stadium, is there the Diamond Vital Field over yeah. there? I think, do you remember the yep. uh, yeah, huge, the American football field over there? Yes, yes. So we try to put the, 
each sponsor's activation okay. there. Yes, and... Well, so it's like hospitality activations? No, hospitality, just... Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. yeah activation yeah. for the guests or rugby fans. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, just going back to that, it was obviously a long time that Japan was hoping to host the Rugby World Cup. Um, do you remember what the expectation of the Japanese public was like? Were, were most people looking forward to the event or were people a little bit... What was the sort of the mood of, the, of Japan leading up to the World Cup? To be honest... So as a fan, yes. I was quite excited, but also at the same time, because I knew how rugby is famous in Japan. Yeah. So I'd be worried, is it really is it going to be successful or no? Yeah. yeah. But after the opening game, I was like, wow, this is wow. Just yeah. wow. Can't, yeah. can't express how I saying, but yeah, that was really amazing. Because I was talking with my friends who's living in Osaka. Yeah. He's not Japanese, he's from Australia, but we're talking about Rugby World Cup. Well, we don't think the, the Rugby World Cup 2019 will be a bit tough, but yeah, that's yeah. my honest opinion. Yeah. But yeah, actually, also the same time, I'm working for Rugby World Cup. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess any country hosting any event, it's, I, I, don't, I often don't, you know, I often don't get it in the media. It's either a hit or a miss. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, I can certainly say I didn't even come to Japan. It was an absolute hit. It was amazing. Uh, just watching it on the TV, following the social media, the, stand, the, the fans coming in and out. So thumbs up to you. Like if you're part of that organization, it was yes. epic. Amazing. I've, yeah, I mean, I've been to a few World Cups, but I, I've never seen the, the, the sort of the general population of a country get so behind mm. an event. It was amazing. I remember going to some smaller towns in between the World Cup and areas which weren't rugby, you know, not don't have a rugby tradition. Yeah. And there you see like on the in, on the shop windows little cartoon figures yeah, of like yeah. rugby balls and yeah, rugby yeah, yeah. posts and um, people really, really making an effort. Like anime with with anime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just like everywhere you went, you could see people making effort and, and all the volunteers um, and their enthusiasm to help all these sort of these foreigners who were lost and half the time drunk and everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was i mean and then the way that all this, the, the, the teams were supported so you could have uruguay playing namibia but the stands would be full and yeah. you know half the half the fans would be cheering one team and half the other team and yeah i was thinking that they answer as well yes. oh, and learning the anthem. Anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's actually that's the things i saw on social media it's like yeah. foreign foreigners learning the south african anthem it's like it's tough enough as it is. Yeah. It's, I think there's like a few languages in our anthem and they, they crushed it every time. Yeah. Oh, actually, sorry, I'm, I'm, while it's top of mind, you, you mentioned anime and, and Ron mentioned cartoon characters on all the shop. There's obviously a culture of like anime and creating these like cartoon f like characters and mascots. Mm. Renji being the one from 2019. Mm. Do you, can you explain like to the audience, like to us as well, like where does that culture come from? Like the whole, you know, always creating these like cartoon characters representing different events. Well, that's really yeah, a different question because because uh, I also I grew up with anime because <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. watching anime like Dragon Ball, yeah, yeah. Naruto, One Piece. Now, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think Japanese creator is really good to yeah. making new things. I yeah. guess. Yeah, like a Renji yeah. is a quite cute, but also they're using like a Japanese tradition as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it, it's a prerequisite for any event because there was the Olympics, the Rugby yeah. World Cup, 
there has to be a mascot that's created for the event every oh, time. Olympi, Olympi, yeah, 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 Olympi. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the mascot for Olympics, yeah. What was it name? Oh, no, yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can vision it. I just don't yeah. remember the name. But they yeah. are, that's pretty cool. I, I was just curious. You know, Ron and I will slowly discover the origins of all of it as we go through yeah. Japan. But it's very amazing. Slowly. Yeah, no, very slowly. Uh, we started picking up little small things like um, how the rubbish is ma managed at in, in the, the garbage, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we... <laughs> You hardly see any dustbins, but it's the cleanest city I've ever been to in my whole life. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because uh, I used to live in Hong Kong as well. Yeah. So I know the other countries, the culture as well, because there's lots of rubbish bin yeah. on the street. But when, I, yeah, when I'm in here, it's always holding, because you always bring back your rubbish. Yeah, to your house. Yeah, to yeah. yeah. Or just yeah, find the rubbish bin. Yeah. We won't put the, the, spirit, the, the rubbish on the street. Yeah. So that's the quite different as in dif different cultures because yeah. we learn from the kindergarten the rub your rubbish is your rubbish yes yeah. so the street is not your rubbish bin yes so it's always yeah the sort it out yourself that's how i learn and just, yeah. yeah but that's that's where that's where you have to learn is when you're a little child yeah um, I, mean, I mean i mean that's one of the things we actually interviewed peter steph the toy's dad um and he obviously came out to watch his son play for the Springboks, and he was also one of the first things that him and also just numerous of thousands of people would say that foreign visitors would come to the stadiums and go like all the japanese people take their rubbish home yeah. like us westerners <laughs> we just leave the rubbish to the beer cans well, yeah, yeah, expect yeah. someone else to clean it up but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there's that respect which is uh i think is, is deeply ingrained in the, in the culture yeah, that, yeah. Um, and here just going back to the tournament sorry I, mean, I just yeah i just remember the memories of it but i mean obviously japan's i mean as a rugby fan and, the, and before the tournament what was your expectations of japan as a team how far did you think they would get, or how far did you hope they would get? Well, because Japan made a big impact in the tours back in 2015. Yeah. So, yeah, I know you did from South Africa, but <laughs> yeah. lucky. Yeah. yeah, fortunately, yeah, we won yeah. the South Africa game. Yeah. And that was a quite big impact for us. So, we were expecting it's a good result for Japan team. Yeah. And then they did. So, yeah, I think. But to go and win the pool, I mean, it was just unbelievable. To be honest, yeah, the pool game, because Scotland. Ireland, Ireland yeah. Russia's all teams is uh, so good because of, of course Rugby World Cup. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was still the hoping that Japan is doing really well. Yeah. And then I think our expectation was not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, before the like before the Rugby World Cup, the, I went to watch the three Pacific Nations game, and Japan did really, really well as well. So. But it, yeah. it was amazing to watch. Um, yeah, it was amazing to. I was at the Ireland game, the, mm. the Japan Irish game, and it's just the atmosphere. Of yeah. that game and just the I, I you almost looked how could japan not win the, mm. the atmosphere in that stadium was so yeah. incredible yeah. and you felt the whole nation getting behind that team and it was just uh it was remarkable to watch did the, yeah. pu did the public feel like it was a monumental feat like did mm. they understand that ireland is one of the best teams in the world and yeah. we just beat them yeah because i think the that when Japan and Ireland, I was in Oita because I was venue manager for Tokyo Stadium, Oita Stadium yeah. and in Yokohama. So after two games in Tokyo, I just went to Oita and I was in activation in activation area in Oita and we were watching, whole spectators watching uh, on a small TV. Yeah. I think I think around 100 people is wow. watching using a small TV. <laughs> we're just watching. Yeah. And then when after the whistle, final whistle, I was, uh, I was almost crying. Yeah. <laughs> Because goosebumps, I still yeah, yeah I still get yeah, I mean, the goosebumps as well. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty amazing. 
And the same with the Scotland game. I mean, I remember also being in a restaurant yeah. and it was all the controversy around Scotland, you know, obviously, you know, talking about the game potentially being cancelled or not being cancelled because of the Thai food. Yes, and, yes, yes. Um, yeah, that was pretty yeah, hard time because, uh, yeah, we were working. Yeah. Oh, is Thailand coming or not? Okay, okay, we have to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. So everyone is, yeah, hope because, and also it's like, a, I don't know how the right word, but before the game, not trash talk, but the oh, yeah, each yeah. team is banter. Yeah, banter. Yeah, yeah. The new interview. So I was like, "Come on, Japan, you can beat the Scotland." Yeah. That remembers. I was in that day. I was in Oita. No, no, no. I was in Osaka to watch the Scotland game. Yeah. I remember. I was cry after the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, yes, I only. Yeah, only one. It's just I just crying in front of the TV because I went bar yeah. to watch the game. Yeah. Everyone's shouting. I was like, just crying because that was really big for me. It yeah. mean a lot for Japanese. No, it's yeah, massive. So, Absolutely yeah. incredible. Oh. And then it was, I mean, then obviously the quarterfinal was against South Africa. Um, yeah. And I think quite rightly, it's certainly as a South African fan anyway, I was almost, I was so disappointed we were playing Japan because yeah. <laughs> I just wanted Japan to carry on and, yeah. and, make, yeah. and make the semis. But uh, watching that game, it certainly felt like it was the whole world against the Springboks because <laughs> every single rugby fan and everybody in the world was just like, shouting for japan which yeah, is yeah. i mean it was and again it was yeah, like it was, that was game is a uh, yeah the first half is amazing yeah yeah but yeah. then rossi released the bomb squad <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest is history the rest is history yeah. <laughs> but still yeah still i think japan did really really good efforts the rugby world cup yeah no it's it's epic and i i, I can't wait to see their growth you know bringing in all of these foreign players post the world cup now to play in the local teams mm must be doing good it's no way it's doing harm you know and and if the japanese players are getting used to tackling and scrumming and and rucking against players of um springbok all blacks and wallaby caliber they can only rise and and hopefully you know they'll be a force to be reckoned with and take on those european nations and and the tri the champ rugby championship team so yeah very cool uh, yeah. how do you think japan's looking now leading up to the world cup in 2023 well, this year they will have a, the face to the France. Yeah. I think two games in Japan. Yeah. So yeah, let's see how it goes. Yeah. And then, That's gonna be yeah. tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, France is doing really well. The yeah. Six Nations at the moment, so pretty and, tough. But yeah, still good for Japanese team, I guess. And and talking about like rising up as a, a Japanese rugby player. So how how does it start grassroots level? Like you you played rugby, right? Yeah, I play rugby. Yeah, since seven years old, I started because my father playing rugby, so yeah, he wanted me to play rugby. Yeah, yeah, in Japan. Yes, in Osaka. Is yeah. it very much a family? Like, is it something that you know? It's something that's like, yeah, it's almost like past. You know, like your dad played, so you'll play. Or is it is it quite regional? Or you know, how does how easy is it for a young child to choose to play rugby? You know, is there a lot of opportunity for them to play? Oh well, because I live in Osaka. Because yeah. Osaka is one of the popular most popular rugby culture in Japan yeah rugby yeah Osaka Fukuoka Osaka Tokyo yeah so for me it's quite easy mm -hmm. to join the rugby team because I went to rugby school in Osaka yeah but I think yeah rugby is I, yeah to be honest rugby is not the major sports in Japan yet yeah. it, now it's still development sports so yeah well I mean like fortunately my father played rugby that's why he knows what is rugby is yeah. rugby is always on the TV when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. But my friends playing baseball, football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so when I said to my friends, I will play rugby, is that my friends are, huh? <laughs> what, what is it, rugby? <laughs> oh, well, it's the kind of football, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
And then, so, you, but you, it's, it's all club-based. So from no, seven, you play for a club or you played for your school? You said you're into rugby. So some school has a rugby club. Okay. But my area where I grew up is no school, no rugby club in school. So that's why I went to rugby school. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, because yeah, in Japan, it's, uh, yeah, it's, no, Osaka is a bit yeah, unique. Yeah. So there's the two areas. Mm -hmm. It's a, the way has a rugby team in this school. Like a junior high school, mm -hmm. yeah. but not in that where I grew up is no rugby club in school. So yeah. just went to. Okay. Uh, but that's the junior high school level. High school, yeah, most high school has a rugby club. Oh, cool. Yeah. In, in so school. you represent your school when you play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. <coughs> and then, but and not it, like a club team. So that's the most difference mm -hmm. between Japan rugby culture and like a Europe. New Zealand, also because yeah, yeah. they're like a youth team, like a rugby academy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in South Africa, we we play in school, and you can join a club during school, but usually it's not necessary. And then after school, you you join either your university team or a club. Um, but it kind of dwindles. Like in my school, like we had eleven teams mm. when you were under eighteen, and then. Pretty much <laughs> five or six of all of those 11 teams carried on playing rugby post-school. It just yeah. completely goes on. And then they stick in the club system. And then they do under-20s um, under and then hopefully make the national team. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, w I was just wondering if it's similar, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like, it's like a high school Japan tournament. If I, yeah, like example, high school Japanese tournament. So, so as I said, it's the Osaka has a lots of the rugby school, rugby club in high school. So if I were, if we want to win to the Japan, Japan high school tournament in Osaka, we have to we have to do the, like a seven or six games oh, to okay. represent the Osaka. Yes. But like a local, it's like a Shikoku. It's like a one game or two games. Oh, okay. So they're quite different. Yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Like Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo, lots of games, I guess, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's the most different part in you know, rugby culture in Japan. And yeah, it's, I think recently some rugby club started as like rugby academy. Yeah. That's quite, I think, quite good for the future rugby player. Mm. But my generation is a no rugby academy, I guess. Yeah. Maybe there is, but yeah. they're not that popular. Yeah. Not that popular. And, time, and what so. was the, you know, obviously it's been disappointing having COVID after the World Cup, you know, because mm. all this big, momentum and this interest in yeah. the game of rugby i mean before covid came and then in the in those in those immediate months after the world cup so yeah. october november december 2019 did you sense that there was you know more people playing the game and more people talking about the game do you sense that there was an immediate impact on yeah it? actually yes because because the i think the government decided to limit it the spectators number of spectators for all not only sports, all everything to everything. Yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. So because we were wanting to go to watch the rugby, of course, because after the rugby World cup. Yeah. So lots of people. Okay, let's go. Let's. I want to see this player. I want to see this player. Yeah. Oh, that player is coming to Japan to play. Oh my god, this is exciting. Yeah. But they, government decided to limit it. Yeah. So that was, I think, that made a huge impact. Yeah. For the rugby cultures, and then we lost the kind of momentum as well. Yeah. So yeah. So oh, it's very well. Hopefully, we you know once things get back to normal. Yeah, um, get, yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah, I think le listen, yeah soon. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I'd like to also have like a Japanese club do a, a tour 
you know, go down to New Zealand, play like a Crusaders or Crusaders come up and play uh, or they go to Sharks. Yeah. That would be really cool. I think it will re-spark that international feel because yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, the fans love, they'll go to the game and, you know, everyone wants to see, you know, uh, TJ Pinanara, uh, um, Peter Stefter Toy, Jesse Creel. Um, so, yeah, maybe like bring in international guests in and out. I guess that's why they're doing the, the French tour to Japan. Yeah. Maybe it will yeah, yeah, yeah. boost up again. And what was um, just going? Yeah, again, just thinking about the the impact of the of the World Cup. Do you think that it's it's made it more like a lot of the players that you know the international players that came and, and played in the World Cup, and maybe they heard about coming to Japan or you know talked about coming here for a contract when they actually came and played here. Do you think that do you think that may helps a lot of players make a decision to come and play in Japan after the World Cup? I think so because yeah. Yeah, because I saw some like interview just on YouTube. Yeah. So I, I forgot who's I I forgot which player, but like the fans is really warming. Is the food is really good yeah. and mm -hmm. it's safe, and yeah, I think that's a quite big part for the players. Yeah, I think it must have made a real. I think it must have made a real. <laughs> and also like a, a southern hemisphere, <coughs> the way the playing southern hemisphere is, of your completely opposite season. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when they season off yeah they can come to japan and still they can they can play they play rugby here yeah come for three or four months yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah the, i mean the club system here is notoriously they train hard eh? mm. i mean that's the one that's i think that's the reputation of the clubs here so yeah. they, they train hard yeah. so i'm not sure like the national coaches in south africa or new zealand like you know they come here and they, they want to have this sort of off season and give the players a bit of rest and they come here and they, yeah. and they train harder than ever yeah well high fitness is yeah it's ridiculous yeah. that's what i mean that's one of the main Mm. Sort of things that Japan rugby is known for yeah, is yeah, fitness. Yeah. yeah, because the fitness is, I think, one of the Japanese team's strength. Oh, 100%. Strength, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Just I think that's a good part as well. Yeah. Going and going. I remember that in the game again in Brighton. Mm. I yeah. mean, that, the way the players just kept going until that final whistle is yeah. just incredible. I think that was probably well, was a lot of things, I mean, in the planning, the preparation, but I think one of the key things that got them over the line yeah. was their fitness and their relentlessness yes. in that game. Yeah. Um, so Hiro, so one of the obviously things that you know us two South Africans struggle with here is the language. How did you learn English? How did you learn? Uh, why, how do you speak it so well? Well, yeah, I'm still learning every day. Yeah. But yeah, I said I used to live in Hong Kong. Yeah. So I went to Hong Kong for study Chinese, Mandarin. Yes. But the school was teaching Chinese and English. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so when I went, old, how old were you when you were first went to Hong Kong? Uh, nineteen. Okay. Yeah, because oh, well. before twenty. Yeah. I wanted to do something. Fun. Yeah. Like so I just, so I decided to take a year off from my yeah. university and then yeah, went to Hong Kong because my father he was used to working in Hong Kong. Okay. So I just stayed with him and I went to this university in Hong Kong and study Chinese, not English, Chinese. Yeah. But also playing rugby in Hong Kong as well. And then oh, my wow. teammate was the most players speaking English, like a British people. Yeah. Aussie Kiwis. Guys, boys. So. You played for DA, eh? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they now changed name, but yeah, I used to play DA Tigers. DA Tigers, yeah. How did you yeah. why, How did you come across DA? What was the... Well, that's also my father's friend's kids was playing the youth team in the DA. <laughs> oh, yeah. right. So I just went to see him. Okay. Playing like a, a family day, the last day of the season. Yeah. And then I was just... I, I keep saying because I'm not interested in rugby. <laughs> but I was just playing with the ball and then his my father's friends he thought I love rugby so yeah. she speaks to the coach yeah. apparently he wants to join this team 
Uh. But I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then, after a few minutes later, the coach came to me, and then he gave me the Beijing's card. Hey, Hiro, just email to me. Yeah. And I emailed him, and he messaged me, hey, come on Thursday, and I enjoyed. Yeah, wow. That's so cool. And did you enjoy the club? Yeah, 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 yeah that was, that was uh, I think that was a, like a trigger that I realized how I love rugby. That's awesome. Because yeah. the, the first, I said rugby seven, I seven, but that my father wanted me to play. So to be honest, I hate playing rugby because it's painful. <laughs> and because you know that we have to play on a dark dart yeah. Yeah. on the sand not like a tough yeah, 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 right yeah. painful always scar hit <laughs> yeah. tired yeah I didn't yeah I didn't love play rugby when I was a kid and all your friends are playing baseball and football yeah and, uh, yeah, yeah so everyone <laughs> played yeah, baseball football but I just kept playing but when I was around 10 10 years 11 years old since 10 years to 15 years old I always lucky I, my team was really good so a champion in Osaka okay <laughs> and then yeah, I kind of just kept it going. Yeah, kept going, and I decided to quit the rugby university. Yeah, I played high school, but I quit. Tried, you decided yeah. to quit the rugby in the university, and I quit. Yeah. I stopped. <laughs> That's it forever. Yeah, I'm no more rugby. Yeah. <laughs> and I made a hussol. Hussol, hussol is like a root indoor football. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, six people. Yeah, indoor football. Yes, yeah. I made that team. So playing. It's at university now. In university, yeah. yes. I was so much fan. Yeah. No pain, no hit, <laughs> no blood. Yeah. yeah. So happy to play. But after moving to Hong Kong, I don't know why, I brought all rugby kit to the Hong Kong. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, unconsciously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, I wanted to make a, make a friend yes. in Hong Kong. And I could play rugby, so I joined the rugby team. Yeah. And then, yeah, because the is pretty good level yeah, when very. I joined. Lots of many Hong Kong national players as well. Wow. And then, yeah, suddenly I was realized, oh, I think this is a rugby. Because I always play the, it's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to explain, but when I play high school, yeah. except in me, it's all like a beginners. Mm -hmm. So not always play with the beginners. So yes. I was like, yeah, I don't know how to play, this is how I play rugby. But when I joined the rugby in Hong Kong, it's, everyone is much, much higher than me. Yes. Yeah. Such a good player. Yeah, so you step up your game. Yeah, a bit. So they brought me up to more higher level. It's yeah. like, oh, wow, this is rugby. Yeah. This is how, how to play rugby. And then I realized, oh, oh, I love rugby. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's start amazing. doing some proper line art moves and backline moves. <laughs> and then I met Kenzo yeah. during, yes, when I played rugby in Hong Kong. And that's after, I think, seven, ten, seven, nine years later. I bumped into Kenzo at seventh, 2018. Yeah. Because I always went to watch the seventh, even my, my, by myself. Yeah. Just go to seventh, just watching. And about this is in Hong Kong seventh. Yeah, Hong Kong seventh. About, yeah. yeah, so it's Hong Kong seventh. And I bumped into the Kenzo. Yeah. And then Kenzo introduced me to the, the Rugby World Cup job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, And what yeah. were you doing at the time? What were you doing when, in 2018? So I was working the domestic Japanese company, trading company in okay. Osaka. Okay. I said almost five, four or five years. What we what and what sort of products? What were you trading? It's a, just selling the like electrical parts. Mm -hmm. Like okay. I was working with the Panasonic. Panasonic, yeah. Selling like yeah, equip the parts for like air conditioner, hair dryer, something like that. Okay, like, yeah. Doing that kind of job, but I noticed that wasn't my job. Yeah, yeah. But I just because I want to make money, so yeah. I just doing it four or five years. But yeah, one day I just said quit. Okay, no more. <laughs> Did you? Too stressful for me. Yeah. Quit. And I was working for the CrossFit gym. And then, yeah, doing the part time job. And then went to Hong Kong, and the Kenzo. Yeah. Yeah. And then, hey, yeah. And where 
Nice. But now, yeah. so now you got your eyes on rugby-related work yeah. in the future. Yes. Yeah. Like a sports industry because yes. I love sports. Yeah. Not only rugby. Yeah. Football, of course. Yes, mm -hmm. football. So, yeah. But isn't that crazy in life? Like you just bumped, bumped into your old friend at the yeah. Hong Kong Sevens, had a conversation. Next thing you got a job offer to come and work yeah. at, the, at the World Cup in 2019. Yeah. And now since then you've been, you got to work in the Olympics as well. And the Paralympics as well. And yeah. the Paralympics. So can you talk a little bit about how that happened? So you obviously were with IMG at the World Cup. Yes. And then from there, what happened after so that? So after the, uh, the Rugby World Cup, is this company called SDH. Yeah. It's also they doing hospitality for the Rugby World Cup. So IMG doing hospitality for all part, worldwide partner like sponsors. Yeah. And the SDH doing is except sponsors. Yeah. Like a no, normal guests, general yeah. guests. Yeah, so I just joined the SDH after the Rugby World Cup. And then I was working for Olympics hospitality. And everyone knows that COVID has happened. Yeah, so, no hospitality. Yeah, so no hospitality. <laughs> we built such a beautiful lounge for the spectators. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, had a, just, we had a chat last week. So we made it such beautiful, the lounge. Yeah. But two days later, we decided to scrap it. Scrap everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you didn't decide. The government decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> government decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after the Olympics, I just joined uh, as a volunteer. But see, I wanted to involve mm. the Paralympics. So yeah. I did the team liaison for wheelchair rugby team New Zealand. Oh, very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That was kind of my first experience of working with a team. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was kind of bridge between the team and organized committee. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you were dedicated purely to the New Zealand team. Yes, only New Zealand team. That's yes. awesome. And, Wheelchair and, rugby. Yeah, isn't it, but isn't the Paralympics the most inspiring thing around? Yeah, that, yeah. And also wheelchair rugby. I never seen the wheelchair rugby yeah. before. It's I hard. Knew, eh? Yeah. That, I think some I think more than rugby cuz they hit <laughs> yeah, with the chest. Speed. It yeah. sounds is like a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing when you yeah, watch them. Yeah, amazing. when I watched the first time I thought Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a proper contact sport. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah, that called contact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you did a little did you do you did like some translating for them, is that yeah 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 because when they need like some kids mm. and when he when I when they need the schedules of the, the games, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And also because of the copies, so there's a even during tournament, like during not tournament, during the games, there's a lot of restriction. Yeah. So really tight schedule. Oh, yeah, 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 we can't yeah. cross this uh, this area when some teams are playing that are this kind of restriction. Yeah. Yes. So yes, always contact with the organs committee and bring it to the team. Yeah. So you're doing the bridge. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I, that was pretty good experience. I was about to say, yeah. I mean, as a, as a sports fan, to be involved in the Olympics. Yeah. It's, it's you know, a rugby fan being involved in the World Cup. Yeah. Sports yeah. fan being involved in the Olympics, and we were talking the other day about you know going you know. And I'm sure it was the same in the Olympics, like getting opportunity to stand on the on the side of the pitch, yeah. watching these sports as you would normally watch on TV, watching these great players, great Olympians. Yeah. Uh, and you go, oh, so for, for I mean, for sports lovers working in the sports industry. Yeah, yeah because really but uh, when I during the Olympics, because I was working in a hospitality lounge, yeah. so I'm not supposed to watch the game. But sometimes <laughs> during spare time, I luckily fortunate I could watch the yeah. track and field because I was in National Stadium. Okay, yeah. So track and field. Yeah, just so fast. I was yeah. like, yeah, oh, how, how did they do that? <laughs> 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 what, what did they eat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like a Ferrari. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, it's amazing. That's even just watching like marathon distance. Yeah. You, know, you got like these guys are running marathons at, I don't know what it is. They're like, two hours. Yeah. No, it's just crazy. Like you go, I can't run, you know, 100 meters at the speed that they run 42 <laughs> yeah, kilometers. Yeah. And you just, when you watch it, when you actually watch it in, 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 in real life, it's just. It blows it's my different brain. Different level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, so you, you've worked wheelchair rugby? Yes. 15s? What sort of interactions have you had with sevens? You've obviously watched a lot of sevens in Hong Kong. Yes, I get, I I want to help the during Olympics. I want to help the sevens talk yeah. rugby sevens. Yeah, and then I request my manager. Yeah. Uh, if I have a chance, I would love to help because I was helping. I was working for the gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. At the gymnastic stadium. Yes. But I actually I requested to the work for the sevens, yeah. but. My request denied because oh. they are afraid I might be the fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. they had a good point. Eh? Yeah, yeah, I think that was good. <laughs> but in the future, if I have a chance, yeah, I'd love to work, I'd love to help. Yeah. I'd love to work for Sevens as well. Yeah. What yeah. is the Tokyo Sevens like? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, back in 2013, 13, 14, I guess. Yeah. Can I remember because I went to the two inches in the low. Yeah. Because that was like right after the seventh, Hong Kong seventh. So I went to watch Hong Kong seventh, yeah. came back, and I went to watch Tokyo seventh. But that's unlucky because uh, when Tokyo seventh happened, it's really bad condition, weather conditions, uh, it's heavy right. rain. And also that time is even before 2015. Uh, so before still rugby. it's uh, rugby of Japan, culture of Japan is not that famous yeah. like yeah. now. So, yeah, a bit sad. Yeah, because and also that I mean, because also, I mean, Japanese fans are a little bit more um, well behaved yeah. than, the, than the Hong Kong Sevens <laughs> fans. <laughs> oh yeah, that's different. <laughs> different level, yeah. So it's hard, yeah. It's you need to almost you can't try and compare. It's it needs to it needs to kind of I guess have its own atmosphere and its own event. But as you say, if it's bad weather and before the, the popularity of the yeah, game, yeah, because. When I was in, yeah, when I went to Hong I'm always in South Stand, yeah, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even heavy rain, no one cares. Yeah. Just watching, get drink, dancing, singing, yeah. dress up, watching all your own country, chatting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone do whatever they want. But in Japan, yeah, they're not drinking that much. Yeah. We're not drinking that much. Like yeah, if I compare it with the Hong Kong 7, yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't, but yeah. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> in Tokyo 7, South Stand, it's no one. Oh, so yeah. I was like, because that was right after the Hong Kong Sevens. Yeah. So oh, I was yeah. looking for, well, where's South Stand? Oh. No, no South Stand. <laughs> yeah, South Stand, no one there. So I was like, okay. Hopefully they yeah. come back to the circuit and uh, yeah. they can ramp it up eventually. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's probably the only thing that, you know, we're so lucky now. We're just about to start this two year, well, nine month journey to the, the, uh, the World Cup in New Zealand. Yeah. Another nine months to the World Cup in France. So we're going to mm -hmm. be away for um, you know, 18, 19 months. And I think one of the, the, the things that I'm missing the most is the fact that the World Cup Sevens is coming to Cape Town. Oh, yeah. In this September. And uh, it really has, Cape Town really has embraced it. Mm. It's a wonderful stadium. Um, it's the, the crowd gets into it fully. It helps that South Africa is pretty good at Sevens. Yeah. Um, There's one, the, one of the things that we actually are, we've got a lot of things to look forward to, but it's one of the things that we, yeah. we are going to miss. Eh? Yeah. I think it sold out almost day one. Yeah, almost was, instantaneously. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, less than a few hours. It was mm. just like, psh. Yeah, only been only Hong Kong 7, so yeah, I wish I can. Where else yeah. have you watched to get um, rugby? Sorry? Didn't you say, you, 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 before we started the podcast, you said you went to Australia? Uh, I just went to Australia, the home stay, for months. 
Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm uh, yeah, Wallabies fan. So yeah. yeah, when I went to watch, uh, when I went to Australia, I went to watch the South Africa mm-hmm. Tri Nations. Yeah. Not yeah. South African in Wallabies game at Suncorp Stadium. Suncorp, yeah, in Brisbane, yeah. Yeah, when the Wallabies won. <laughs> <laughs> well, South Africa doesn't have a very good record at the Suncorp, at the yeah. Suncorp Stadium. So, okay. um, And how have you become a Wallabies fan? What's the history there? Okay, the, yeah, all my friends it's always ask me, why are you such a big fan of Wallabies? Because so when I was kids, because my, my first rugby game, my, I remember, is 1991, is England... Or serious final. Yeah. Like a BHD videotape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my father always put on TV. Yeah. And we, me and my brother are watching that game. Yeah. So I was kids. Yeah. So I don't really know what is rugby. But that game, Wallabies were the, the gold jersey. Yes. Jersey. And the England were the white jersey. So I'm, I just like the color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's cool. I mean, my brother loves England. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he into the, oh, that's cool. So yeah, that's the that's how it started. Yeah, but it's amazing. That's just I mean that just shows the, I mean how impactful sport could be on young kids. And you if you give exposure to young kids, how they become hooked to the hooked to the game. Yeah, um, and I mean that was the days of like David Campisi and uh, yeah, that's why the, I played Johnny winger. Earls. Oh, it wasn't why you played <laughs> winger. And also I used my father's the hair wax and put all back my hair <laughs> when I was kids. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and I always said, oh, give me number eleven because I yeah. Yeah. I won't be like him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I always say, hey, I'm camp busy. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Did you get the goose step? I tried, but I, yeah. You tripped up yourself. <laughs> yeah, I just, just skip. Skipping. Uh, yeah, he really, yeah, he really was. And at his time, I mean, he was an absolute legend. And, and just the, yeah, he, he changed the, yeah, I mean, he just made, well, one, he, met the goose, he became famous for the goose step. But amazing what an impact one person can have on the sports and obviously very differently you had Jonah Lomel and a completely different sort of player yeah. you know 20 years later so it's uh, at that stage I already did change the game yeah. um, now we're obviously cycling to the to the Women's World Cup in New Zealand um, and this afternoon you know we start and uh, we're very lucky starting you know starting at here at the stadium the same place where James and I finished and we're going to be presented the whistle, whistle by two of the Japanese ladies players mm. um, and obviously they're playing down in New Zealand at the end of the year uh, remind me the name of the team how do they call it in Japan? It's uh, Sakura Sevens. Yeah, is that what's it? Sakura Sevens. Sevens. Sakura is a cherry blossom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sakura Sevens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's for the ladies team. Yeah, yeah. The nickname for the ladies 15s team. Good question. Is it no Sakura 15s? I guess like a cherry blossom. I don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we. <laughs> but anyway, we we very like it's it's very. It's a big privilege for us that the yeah, two yeah. of them are coming out to present us the whistle. Yeah. Um, what do you, what what is the popularity of, of women's rugby in Japan? Is it quite niche or? Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, Japanese women's rugby is also still development at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, not the, I think I don't think it's a, the really major sports yet yeah. in Japan. So yeah. But is it is it considered like I mean for women to get into it is there. Limited opportunities, or do you think there there are more opportunities I think for it's young girls quite to less play like the a like the high school team? Is it? I don't think there's a lots of women's rugby team in its school. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's be a bit tough for the women's team. Yeah. Because yeah. really, is it? A, yeah, I mean, I think that's like any sport. You know, you need to give people opportunity at a young age to get involved, and yeah, it makes yeah, it yeah. definitely. Yeah. But we we met with the 
we've actually had we met two of the Springbok sevens players. Uh, sorry, ladies players before we came out to Japan, um, and both of them actually started quite you know quite late, yeah, uh, relatively. Mm -hmm. Well, sorry, um, fourth year me. university, yeah. and Lerato started young, but yeah. only proper competitive rugby quite late. Yeah, and then Romandi, she was she only started at university age, mm -hmm. and then. Two years later, she's playing for the Springboks. So there, yeah. is, that, there is that opportunity, but it, yeah. it really is much harder yeah. if you only start late. Yeah, like in Japan, is also some ladies players, they, they used to play different sports yeah. and then just convert to the rugby. Yeah. So yeah. What, are, what are the biggest women's sports in, for girls and that in Japan? So when you're at school and things like that? It's like a volleyball. Mm -hmm. Volleyball, yeah. My high school is the volleyball, basketball yeah. was pretty popular. Okay, yeah. yeah. And football? Do the girls play football a lot or...? Oh well, yeah, football, yes, of course, football, yeah, yes. Yeah, well, you're yeah. very good at yeah. 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 Cool. Um, and what do you when you look ahead to um, um, the sort of your the next yeah you know, the next few months for yourself and as Japan starts opening up again and um, what are you looking at like work wise and career wise and what's exciting you at the moment? My new, my next plan. Yeah. So my new goal, new future goal is the two twenty twenty seven. Is it confirmed? Is it going to be Sydney? I th think it's. Yeah, I think they're the preferred bidder. So I'm almost. I'm sure. So I, ho I hope it's a Sydney Rugby yeah. Cup yeah. 2027. Yeah. So my goal is the working for 2027. So yeah. So I'm, and also if I have a chance, of course I'm happy to work for working for the France as well. So yeah, yeah I try to to get the job to involving the Rugby Cup job. Yeah. And then yeah, it's try to work for the the France first. Yeah. And then move to Australia, maybe yeah. around twenty twenty five. Yeah, you go <laughs> spend some time yeah, with your wallaby. For the, yeah. The Rugby Cup twenty twenty seven. Go spend some time with your wallaby friends. Eh? Uh yeah. <laughs> That's all well, so we race to rugby world cups. Yeah. Hero uh, relocates to Rugby World Cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll, if we carry on doing this, we'll carry on seeing you at all these different, yeah, I'll, I'll join all these the, different yeah. World Cups. With my yeah, yeah. Japanese bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be an absolute pleasure, Hero. It really, it really would be. Um, and we hope to see you mm. in, in Paris. Yes. Um, and I don't know, yeah, I'm not sure if it's all confirmed, but I've also heard rumors or stories about the next Women's World Cup being in England. Oh, so yeah. perhaps you could spend some time in Europe and, and work at the Ladies World Cup in England yes. in 2025 and then head down to Australia for 2027. Yeah. So yeah, that's you, amazing. Yeah, it will be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're kind of planning something similar on bicycles. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see where our, where our paths yeah. overlap. But um, Hero, it's, it's, thank you again for sharing that video you did the other day. Like it's, it's amazing for, for me how it's come full circle. That, oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, when James and I arrived at this very spot, so we're sitting outside the stadium I mean, I can see the walkways. I remember, you know, after the, we come for other games, walking yeah, up here yeah. from the station. Um, and that arrival at the, at the stadium, uh, I, and I, you know, you talk about goosebumps, but it was just one of the most memorable days of the most memorable year yeah. of my life. And, uh, and now we've, you know, obviously we have, we only formally met today, but <laughs> our paths crossed there yeah. and here we are again. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. so it's, uh, it's been a great thrill and I'm delighted Kenzo connected us and yes. uh, thanks yeah. for all your help, yeah? Yeah. yeah. My pleasure. Thanks, yeah, thanks for joining us on the Race to Rugby World Cup pod. My yeah, pleasure. It's, uh, yeah, it's a great honor for us. And yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, to our fans, if you enjoy our podcast, yeah. keep following. If you don't like it, send us a message and we'll tweak it and yeah. get better as we go. But uh, today's departure day. Uh, well, this episode won't launch today, but it's the 14th. 
of March 2022, and uh, we will be leaving Tokyo Stadium at about 3.30 p.m. Japanese time. And yeah, keep following the journey. And Thanks. Yeah, this will be the last one we record <laughs> before we've actually started. And uh, it's been a long time coming at him, but uh, we've persevered. It's been some big challenges just getting to the start line. Um, we always say the hardest step in any journey is just getting there. Yeah. Um, but we've got months and months and months of, of fun ahead of, us, ahead of us to look forward to. Many more cool people to meet from the game of rugby. Um, and yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>